So it was uh, 19 years ago, just a few weeks ago. And it was a cold and windy night. The kind of night when the wind blows, it, you can kind of feel it in your bones. It goes all right all the way through you. And I was walking on Bayshore Boulevard with my then girlfriend, walking down, and I was shivering, but not because I was cold, because I was super nervous. She had just finished a week-long workshop, and um, that workshop changed her life. She was talking about her future and where she was being led in her life. And she was sharing this excitedly with me and I was walking with her nervously. There was a lull in the conversation and that lull was my moment where I pushed through that nervousness and I got down on one knee and I asked this person, this lovely woman, to marry me. And the spoiler alert is she said yes. It worked out. And my question that evening that I had reflected on for a long time came from a deep love, a love that I hoped we would share, that we would grow, that we would nurture over the course of our lifetime. And Caroline's yes to my question birthed a new journey, a new journey for each other. And it's been a journey of love, one that has been full of beauty and magnificent times and joys and exciting. But if I'm honest, it has also been a time that has been monotonous and challenging and a windy journey. It's been both. But the journey of love often begins with a yes. Yes. The journey of love often sets us off on a new path and course. So our yeses and our nos create our lives. Think for a moment, and you can shout out some of these if you feel comfortable. Think for a moment when you said yes to something that was big in your life. Anybody? Some yes. Moving. Moving. School, going back to school, yes. A different position at work, saying yes to an invitation. Anything else? Ooh, taking a little step out into the service life. Right? That's good. That, that'll preach later on. Thank you. Now, think about, think about your no's. When have you said some no's that either you cut something out of your life or you said no to something that created your life as you know it. Could be no to all the things that you just said. Could be the opposite, right? No to moving, no to the job, no to serving. So our yeses and our nos really create our lives. And you know, Mary, which we heard today, got the most earth shaking and shattering question that any human being has received since the beginning of time. You know, 
she was only the age of probably, most scholars believe, of my daughter. My daughter's getting ready to turn 15. So Mary was probably 14 or 15 when she got this invitation. And she had a choice. She had free will. She, she could say yes or she could say no. And if she didn't say yes, maybe the course of history would have looked a lot different than it does now. I suspect that we wouldn't be telling this story today and it would be looking much different. And I think so many of us are very familiar with this story. We miss some of really the nuanced message. And so I'm gonna review that today. I think some people, maybe in this room, but maybe not, they hear this story and they jump into their critical minds and they wrestle with biology and miracles and whether or not it is literally true. And the news today is I am not going to try to convince you of the virgin birth this Sunday. Even though that I believe it for myself. But I am going to ask you a most important question, a question that I believe that is rooted in the love of God and ask you for an answer. I think the question has the utmost relevance to your life, to your family's life, and to the life of this congregation. And like I said, it's rooted in love and you have the ultimate choice to say yes or to say no. But I also believe is as we say our yeses, something gets unleashed. The power of God and the world is changed and our lives are changed. And you're not maybe sure what the question is yet, but you will very soon. So first let's jump into the story. The story that we talk about is known. Does anyone know what the story is known as? It's okay if you don't, it's called the Annunciation. And many artists, you've probably seen it in drawings. I'm gonna show you one. This is uh, Leonardo da Vinci's rendition of uh, the Annunciation. Uh, Matt's gonna throw it up. And that's it. So that's how Leonardo, I almost said DiCaprio, uh, da Vinci um, uh, rendered the, uh, the Annunciation. So let's review exactly what the scripture says. We're going to review what it says and what it doesn't say and what it might mean in between. So first, number one, it says Mary is a virgin and she's engaged to Joseph. Second, it says Mary is vis uh, visited by an angel and becomes very perplexed by the angel's words. I don't know about you. I just would have been very perplexed by seeing the angel. But it says that she, the scripture actually says that she was perplexed by the angel's word. And she was told not to be afraid, which means she was probably afraid, right? And as most every person in the Bible who encounters an angel is freaked out and is scared. And that's okay. She was informed of this. It says that she was favored, which means she probably didn't feel favored, right? And with good reason. We'll check that out in a minute. She was also told she would conceive a son and that she should name him Jesus and that he would establish a kingdom that would last forever. Mary is confused and doesn't understand and she asks a question. She says, how can this be? How can this even happen? Because I'm a virgin. And then the angel says, 
good news, bad news, I don't know, which she took it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive. And you're going to carry this holy child. And guess what? This child not only will be holy, but is going to be the savior of the world. It's going to establish a kingdom forever. That's, that's a lot to take in. Now remember, 14 or 15 years old, right? Probably. Some of us like to see Mary as like, you know, 30, you know? That would be more our preference. But here's what the scripture doesn't say, but I think is also true. First, she was a poor. She was an uneducated nobody from Nazareth. She was living in a man's world and she had no status, no power, and no influence at all. None of it. And what also is true, it would have been immensely dangerous for her to say yes. Why? A couple of different reasons. All rooted in death. The first is, as we know, childbirth is risky, especially back then. So having a child didn't guarantee somebody would actually, the mom would actually make it out. So she um, risked death in that way. Secondly, the law said that if you had a child out of wedlock, guess what you got? Stoned and killed. So she risked saying yes to death by the religious culture at the time. And last but not least, she risked death, social death. If she wasn't stoned, she would have been shunned and excluded. So saying yes, Mary, on that time was very, very risky. Lastly, the angel goes on to say that a relative who can't have kids will also conceive, not by the Holy Spirit, and that nothing is impossible for God. So here are the, the couple of aspects that really jumped out for me, and we'll see if they resonate with you. First of all, she's an unlikely candidate. Number two, she's favored. Number three, the Holy Spirit is going to go in her. And then last but not, not last, but at least the role, her role in divine plan. She has a role in God's divine plan. And lastly, it, it's going to be risky. There's going to be some risks associated with it. Now, the spoiler is, she said yes, Right? She said yes. And just a few verses later, uh, after visiting Elizabeth, we hear, hear her say these words, which is a different change. She says, he, meaning God, has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. You know, it made me think of somebody else this week. Now, I'm not equating this person with Mary, but as we were talking about it, this, this person was also an unlikely candidate. She's 16. She had Asperger's and OCD. And uh, she's the 2,000-year person of the year for time. Greta Thunberg, the Swedish-born uh, climate change activist. And here's this unlikely candidate that she says yes to this issue that has absolutely slayed her in her heart and got her scared and got her angry. And she said yes. And she spoke 
to the UN, the United Nations. This little girl with Asperger's and OCD speaks these words. The climate crisis has been already been solved. We already have the facts and solutions. And all we have to do is wake up and change. You see, I want to suggest to you that today in this Advent season and for the rest of this year and next year, that this story is not just about Mary. It's about us. God comes to us too. It might not come in a dramatic dream or a white light or some kind of spectacular theatrics, but God is coming to you in your life here and now. Some things will be the same as Mary. And the first way I want to suggest is that God comes to you to tell you, each one of you, especially I want you to hear this, kids, that you are favored. God calls you a favored one. God loves you with all of your gifts and all of your talents and all of your shadows and all of your brokenness and the ways that you excel and the ways that you fall short. God calls you favored one. And you're favored not because of you, but because of who Jesus is. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection makes you good and us good. Second, like Mary, I suspect that some of us feel like an unlikely candidate. But if you say yes to God, if you say yes to Jesus Christ, you not only have God with you, that's what Emmanuel means, but God in you. God actually resides in each and every one of you. Mary is known as the God bearer, and so are you. You are called to bear God and to bear love to others. God is with you, but God is also in you. That's what I'm asking you to consider and believe on this Advent season. And last but not least, just like Mary, you are called to birth love for the world. You are called to make God's love real to this community, to your homes, to your neighborhoods, out in the, there's some issue that actually breaks your heart and God might be nudging you to do something about it. If you have said yes to God to be the author of your life, that's great. But there are still yeses as we travel the windy journey of making God's love real. We're invited to step into our divine role. I don't know what that is for you. I know some of you are gifted in many different areas of hospitality and of giving and of knowledge and of encouragement and of works. I don't know what that is, but each one of you has a divine role to play in the redemption of the world here and now as we wait for later. And I suspect that when we say yes or as we consider that important question, there will be risks. There will be costs associated with it. Every time God asks somebody to say a yes to following him more, there are risks. There might be a risk of reputation. There certainly will be a risk of time and focus and letting go some of the things in our own life. But I 
want to tell you the times of my life where I have responded with a yes when I have had a little bit of has been the time that I've been most blessed. The time that I've seen God work the most through me, the broken vessel that I am. So, I ask you, will you say yes to God calling you favored? Will you say yes to stepping into your divine role? Will you say yes to the Holy Spirit inside of you, wanting you to live out your role, to love God and to love others more and more and more? If you don't know what that is, I'm gonna give you just a moment to pray and to ask God to reveal it to you. Let's pray together. God, you know our hearts. In this Annunciation story, you come to an unlikely candidate and you tell Mary that you'll not only be with her, but you'll be in her. And you ask her to participate in your divine plan. And each one of us has that opportunity too, to say yes to you as the author of our life, but also to say yes to whatever you're calling us to do, big or small, whether it be serve and get engaged in children's ministry or hospitality or small groups or to invite somebody who we're friends with to Jesus, to church, or to get engaged in some issue that is slaying our heart that's in the community. Nudge us show us, and help us to be the people you've called us to be. We ask all these things in Christ's name, amen. So my prayer for you this Advent is that you would have um, this key verse burned into your being, that you might pray it this week. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. It is in Christ's name we pray, amen.